0: This is Doctor Strange number 8 on Strange Tales. Welcome back, fellow defenders. Welcome back, the Supremes. This is Strange Tales on Defenders TV Podcast, where we are looking at our spoiler filled discussion of Doctor Strange issue number eight by Mark Waid and Javier Pina. Yes, The Price. Mm-hmm.
1: I am one of your hoary hosts, John. And as always, joining him for the Doctor Strange discussions, I'm the other hoary host. Derek, I'm still not too sure about that title, John. Uh, Being a hoary host. I don't mind all of our fellow defenders being called the Supremes for these strange tales discussions about Doctor Strange, but (laughs) I'm not too sure whether I put hoary host on my CV, for example.
0: (laughs) It's a different spelling. So it's all good. We're
1: we're all good, and we can move
0: forward in confidence. For sure. All about confidence. Exactly. This is our latest episode of Strange Tales on Defenders TV podcast, where we cover the comic books from Doctor Strange. Nick Fury, Spider-Man, and The Defenders. Mm -hmm. And please, fellow Defenders, if you want to subscribe, head on over to DefendersTVPodcast.com and hit any of the good or evil subscribe buttons to your podcast catcher of choice. Yes, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and any other good podcast catcher? So, mm-hmm. yes, please head on over, subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. All comments. All subscribes count. So
1: thank you so much for listening. Absolutely. And if you want just our comic book coverage, we do have a separate feed for Strange Tales on Defenders TV podcast that you can find on the main podcast catchers, things like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So make sure you subscribe to Just Strange Tales. We're going to have lots and lots of comic book goodness coming up, which we'll talk about later on in the episode. We'll tell you all the stuff that we're going to be covering in between our Defenders TV Podcast shows now that we're finished off on our Daredevil coverage and the next Uh, show that's going to be coming out is going to be Punisher next year. So keep with us on the comic book podcast discussions on Strange Tales on Defenders TV podcast. Yes, but Derek, what are some of the issue details for this issue of Doctor Strange? Mm -hmm. As always, this arc of Doctor Strange is being written by Mark White. The pencillers on this book are Andres Gonaldo. And Javier Pina. The inkers are Javier Pina and Andy Owens again. uh, With the colour artist of Carlos Lopez. And that wonderful cover with the battle between Doctor Strange and the returned Baron Mordo. Is done again by Kevin Nolan who does great covers for these books. This one is quite similar to the battle that we saw last issue with Doctor Strange versus Doctor Strange on the front cover. But I really like the kind of contrast between the two that now we see. Baron Mordo returned, really. I think it's quite cool to see this battle between the two of them above Bleecker Street.
0: Absolutely. It, it's a really nice front cover um, with that sort of very dynamic battle going on between the two. And there's some really nice artwork again, as I think there has been through this whole series of Doctor Strange mm-hmm. comics by by Mark Ways. But Javier Pina here really does uh, provide some great
1: panels within this comic book that i really really enjoyed yeah there's definitely some great stuff in here this issue as john mentioned is called the price part one i don't think there's going to be a part two of this i think next issue is actually called bleaker but sometimes with comic books you're not exactly sure what the title of the next issue is going to be unless it's in a big arc that's going on Uh, but this one is called the price very importantly as we always see in dr strange when he uses magic there's a price we'll definitely be getting into that as we go through our discussion on this issue. This issue was released on Wednesday the 21st of November, just a couple of days ago. So John, do you want to tell us what Mark Wade gave us with his synopsis from the opening of this book? Doctor Strange number 8.
0: Sure. Using materials he crafted in his extra-dimensional forge, Doctor Strange rescued his friend Kanna from servitude as a mystical tech expert for an alien army, and brought her to see Earth for the first time. But there was an imposter in the Sanctum, Strange's former assistant, Casey Kinmont, Casey once gave up her soul to save Stephen's life. Strange could think of little else while he was questing to restore her, including a monster that threatened the realm. To concentrate and defeat it, Strange temporarily placed his memory of Casey, but that memory was lost until she reappeared, posing as the Sorceress Supreme. Strange has gone after the powerful and the dangerous Casey, pleading for her to reveal the name of the Dark Magician who stole her soul, And then, the man himself arrived, Baron Mordo. So, welcome to The Price, Part Mm 1. Yes, and straight into incantation number one. Very fitting, because we have Baron Mordo revealed as the enemy. But is he, is the question. (laughs) Um, This is uh, a really nice reveal. You know, he's the classic enemy of Doctor Strange, um, who you know felt aggrieved that the Ancient One ultimately put her trust in him uh, and the, the training that she had provided. So it, it really was a jealousy element here. I think the thing I've really enjoyed seeing in this issue is how he is very focused on uh, the fact that the use of magic has a price, mm-hmm. and the arrogance of Doctor Strange, you know, has another one of your epiphanies. I think he he talks about. Um, is is that what you're using now to comfort yourself to to pretend that you can do as? You wish without any consequence. And I think that's a real nice nod to uh, the Doctor Strange film, where the final post credit scene does show Baron Mordo coming to another magician to take um, that special magical power uh, away from him, uh, so that uh, there are too many magicians and there is a price uh, of using these spells incantations so i really like that connection of of mordo here but ultimately he may not be the enemy as well which is very interesting
1: yeah i've always kind of thought of mordo as the rival really to dr strange rather than an enemy like he does pose a huge threat and he is the antagonist of dr strange loads and loads of times but there is a kind of a moment here with Stephen where he asks, who is it that's pulling your strings this time? And Mordo's really confident about the fact that he's not having his strings pulled by somebody else. That he's actually here as an enforcer for something that he believes in, which is this magical price, this thing that we see him battling all the time. Mordo's big problem with Stephen Strange is that he was the outsider who got the power that he was expected to get, that he always intended to get. Quite similar to kind of the Steel Serpent and Iron Fist in the Iron Fist comics. It's that rivalry between the two. They grew up as brothers, they worked together and made a place together and one expected to get given the Sorcerer Supreme title and didn't get it. So kind of cool to see that back. And I do love that last issue in issue seven, it was revealed. Baron Mordo's back again. And issue eight, the opening pa- the opening panel of the issue has Mordo going... And I'm not even the enemy here, Stephen. You don't even know who that is, and it's much more powerful than I am. You know, kind of cool. I yeah, I mean, it, he's he is a rival. It is
0: kind of like the 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 college football team, and it's who's going to be the quarterback exactly, here, yeah. and, and it's the two people fighting for it, and ultimately that drive so much of their relationship. You know, you can see Mordo is really miffed that Stephen, again, arrogantly thinks that he's above the price of magic. Yeah. That, you know, he's found this forge, and it's like, oh, whoopee-doo, you know, a sparkly object, and it's got <laughs> you thinking that you're better than any other uh, magician. Once and again, I, yeah. And I do think that this issue of Doctor Strange is absolutely great for really... Highlighting the faults and the flaws of Stephen Strange, and I think the first one here really is coming from Mordo uh, saying you know that he that arrogant um, nature that Stephen had as a surgeon has leaked into him and still is there uh, as as sorcerer supreme, so I think that 's really, really quite nice so there 's battles still going on here in Tokyo in Japan, and Casey is attacking. Stephen Strange, left, right, and center, Mm -hmm. we have the um, the, the reveal that Mordo is not actually controlling her, but she has been imbued with all these different artifacts, which is a a great little run-through of different uh, trinkets and and imbued magical objects. Uh, Some really interesting ones that uh, certainly Derek uh, found out uh, on... The, I think it's the eye or the gem, the crimson gem of Satorak. Really interesting uh, provenance to some of these um, these
1: mystical objects of mm-hmm. which uh, Mordo says ha- some haven't even been used in this realm before. Exactly, and that's one of the important points, isn't it, about this fight between Stephen and, and Baron Mordo. He's basically telling Stephen, somebody wants you dead so bad or somebody wants you out of the picture so bad that they're willing to allow the use of some magical objects that have never been allowed to use in this realm before. Yeah, the one that John was mentioning, the Crimson Gem of Sitorak, this was an interesting one because it's put out in text on the on the page and you could just pass over it. He basically says she is carrying a Crimson Gem of Sitorak, which makes her unstoppable, a juggernaut. And I kind of thought, oh, this is just kind of flowery language for very strong. But actually... I never knew this because, you know, don't know every comic in the world. and not a huge X-Men fan either. But the character of Juggernaut I always thought was a mutant who could just run at people and kill them and was very strong. He's actually not a mutant. He is powered by the Crimson Gem of Citorak. He That's where he gets his external strength from. Only one person on planet Earth usually gets to use it, but there have been a number of gems over the years in the comics, not just one. So Juggernaut has one, and this is the kind of missing one that seems to appear every decade or so and is given to another character. So this is what is surrounding the neck of Casey to protect her from all of the attacks that Steven's throwing at her.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's really interesting, is that none of this is explained as to where Casey has gotten Mm -hmm. these different um, mystical objects from, especially the Crimson Gem of Satirak. So the person behind this is still very much um, uh, in, in the shadows, in the dark. So, I feel that this was the the accounts receivable people. You know, this is the bureaucracy of magic going after uh, Stephen Strange for all the different spells and incantations that he has um, been casting throughout the galaxy uh, on his travels and adventures with Kanna. Mm -hmm. I think back in. Uh, issue four we see that after he has put the shroud around the the planet that then we see um you know the administrator really uh, going okay you know this is going to come at a cost and we did go when is this going to play out and again i felt that this is where it was playing out that yeah. they had sent their enforcer which mordo calls himself here mm-hmm. um to get that payment that is owed by Stephen Strange. And of course, we do get another nice little uh, nod back to a a consequence that happened earlier in um, this series of Doctor Strange as well. So there are a few things playing out in this issue um, that are a consequence of Stephen Strange
1: actions uh, previously. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I do think this is probably coming from this department of magical consequences, as, as you're saying. I'm not sure whether it's just the accountant, guys that have this ability to send Mordo out. I'm wondering, is there something big, something really big behind it that set up this whole concept of overuse of magic deserves to be punished by this price and it seemed to align with baron mordo's concept as well so that's why he's involved so really really interested in seeing how that's going to play out in the future and i think this is our big bad for the comics this is what mark wade's run is leading to so i don't know how long it's going to be before we see him but it could be something that's going to take place in the 400th issue
0: but i think with that onto incantation number two because Mm -hmm. whilst all of this is going down in japan You have Bats and Canna at the forge, where Canna is making a a new mystical uh, item—you know, a a hybrid between uh, magical power and technological power, Mm -hmm. scientific power—and this is all coming together. But Bats is getting worried. He—he's really um, getting himself worked up here, Uh, and it's a very cute moment where Bats is asking again. Uh, do you think the doctor's all right and she's like you keep asking me this every two minutes but ultimately bats his tongue is wagging uh <laughs> not his tail in this Aww. instance uh he really <laughs> is wagging his tongue mm-hmm. off and um, and he talks about how casey as the sorcerer supreme when he thought she was the sorcerer supreme was telling him all about the adventures and travels with Kanna
1: as they went around the galaxy. So that's the one I'm wondering about. Bats is telling us that Casey told him all about the adventures that were happening with Dr. Stephen Strange, the real one, and Kanna going around the galaxy. Did Casey tell Bats that she was Casey? Did Bats know that information before Stephen arrived back? No, Bats thought that...
0: Stephen Strange, was the imposter. He was standing behind Casey mm-hmm. thinking she was the real Sorcerer Supreme. So Bats is probably thinking, oh, this is the the imposter that is going around the galaxy. And he even calls it out as spying to an extent or or scrying. Scrying uh, rather
1: than spying, yes. Yeah. So where, where it's basically the highlight reel of Sorcerer Supreme in space is what she's been watching and telling him about is kind of the thing, yeah. But that explains why he attacked Kanna when she arrived back into... Biggest Street. Yeah, exactly. he's normally quite a nice darkie. No, he is. He's a lovely doggy. <laughs> but in this
0: case, unfortunately, Bats also breaks the secret that Doctor Strange had sealed inside Canna's memory. Yes. Um, and that is that they stole the time stone from the Super Scroll and Stephen wiped Canna's mind after he had tricked her to um, take it back from the Scroll. Mm-hmm. Um, so she suddenly realizes that um, this. Um, was done to her. And and Bats obviously uh, gets a little flustered here, sort of going, oh, God, ignore me, I'm misremembering. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the spell... Is, is broken. Canna remembers it all. Uh, and we get a nice little flashback here of the moment that Stephen Strange wipes her memory and tells her that he needs to take the time stone off her for her own protection. So it's really nice
1: to see this play out now in the Forge. I love this relationship between the two of them. I love that Canna's not blaming Baths. Obviously, it's not his fault. He's just revealing a moment that we all knew was going to happen. We all knew that Stephen can't really wipe minds and not come back. Like we know it, he did it to Captain America for about 50 years to protect things like what they do to the Infinity Stones. That's exactly why he did it. That was what the original sin of the Illuminati that was revealed was they kept wiping... Captain America's brain because they were hiding stones and he kept telling them this is the wrong thing to do or kept using the stones and kept telling Captain America that's the wrong thing to do. So, quite interesting that they're reusing this here uh, in the book. Quite interesting that Stephen still hasn't learned anything from that moment <laughs> either, you know. Um, so, great to know that Kanna at least gets this information and she is going to take it up and use it, I suppose. But also, really good that she continues with her mission and continues to do exactly what Stephen hoped that she would do by building a weapon, which carries us straight into our incantation number three. Strange does defeat Casey with the help of Canna. And the battle is still raging on Earth. It's still raging in Tokyo. We see Casey... ...using a mask that she puts on her face... ...and then blows up an entire apartment building... ...killing everybody inside. And Strange is really frustrated by this... ...because in the past... ...if someone has turned on him in the past... ...even Mordo... ...he's tried to appeal to their humanity... ...and tried to appeal to their better nature... But nothing's getting through here with Casey. We see that she is really empowered and a very different person. And most of the reason, and I love this because it's it's very well laid out here, most of the reason for that is because she lost her soul saving Stephen Strange. So she is a soulless being with huge, immense power. And Mordo is constantly taunting Stephen with this. He's saying, why don't you just kill her? If you kill her, then you put her out of her misery and you save all of the people here. It's a really interesting way that they play this. It's, again, like another demon has come back. From the past, or very specifically, a demon has come back from the past to wreak havoc on Stephen Strange's life.
0: And interestingly as well, he says either you kill her or you kill yourself or get killed by her and, and the price is paid then. Yeah. And either suits because she does stick um, it to Doctor Strange with the and um, that was taken from Damien Hellstrom when she paid uh, a visit there. Damien. which she stole from Damon Hellstrom uh, when she paid a visit to him there. It's the, the death of magic, the And mm-hmm. um, So really, um, you know, there is this, either one of them is the price for Doctor Strange's um, use of magic in mm-hmm. the way that he has used it, either himself for the magic that he has used or he kills Casey for the magic that he has used. And, and so this really, you know, does play out, but he does get help in the end. As I was just saying before, some of these weapons haven't been used uh, in this realm before because her boss really does want her not to hold back in, in this quest to get
1: payment. Yeah. Now, the ones I really liked are the gauntlets of Camillus, uh, the ones that she's using to punch everything around her, really cool-looking gauntlets. They mention it, actually, in the book itself. Camillus was a Celtic deity, similar to Mars, kind of like the god of war, so would have various weapons used in war. So, um, But interestingly, although, if you're an Irish speaker, it's possibly interesting uh, for you, uh, Camillus does sound quite similar to Macaul, um, which is Fionn McCool is one of our biggest uh, figures in Mythology in Ireland, in Irish, uh, Fionn McCool, uh Cool was his father's name, but that's not connected to Camillus. uh There is supposed to be a relationship between the two of those because he's a, get, a Celtic deity, so some people think Fionn mccool is the son of a god, it's, you know, that kind of idea that you get in mythology, but no, no son of God there, uh, no connection between the two. Uh, Fionn mccool is just the son of Cool, no connection to Camulus. but. Kind of cool that we see yeah, absolutely. gauntlets. That's Definitely.
0: But, I mean, as Casey continues to destroy uh, different parts of Tokyo and Mordo continues to taunt Stephen Strange, even though Kanna has found out the truth, this is where Stephen is... Is helped by Canna to Mm -hmm. defeat Casey. She comes through a portal with this forged magical bow that she throws to Stephen Strange. And Stephen uses this bow um, with vanishing arrows that sends the person who is struck by them off to a different realm for a a period of time. So, and whilst Mordo is in another dimension, Casey um, is restored as Stephen uses a piece of, a little piece of Canna bats and his own soul to merge together and infuse or transfuse as he says uh, back into casey a soul as she has had hers taken mm-hmm. uh so she, he's re- he replaces her soul which allows her to come around and um, because you know a lot of the artwork here is showing her with very Demon-esque eyes, you know, dark, uh, pupilless eyes. And yeah. So uh, we we get her uh, restored with with a soul, where she can now begin to reason and respond to uh, the pleas from Stephen Strange yeah. to to stop destroying Tokyo and to kind of step down from this attack that is happening. Yeah. Um. But she, but at this moment, Mordo does return.
1: I do think it's interesting that Kanna has gone off to the forge to create this wonderful fusion of magic and science to get rid of Mordo or to kill Casey if that was what Stephen wanted. And really all it does is banish Mordo for three minutes. It's kind of the thing. Even Casey said that when she arrives, that'll take care of him for a couple of minutes while we can do what we need to do. You know, Quite an interesting idea that this is the best she could come up with. In a very short period, of course, she didn't; she wasn't given instructions and a year to make it. She had to do something really quickly. But I like that it's something quite small that she's done right here. What happens, though, when Casey gets back to her real self and gets her soul back and banishes Mordo to another dimension? This is probably my favorite moment in the comic, I think. The actual artwork that's here as Mordo is screaming about there is a price to pay and you haven't paid it as he fades and disappears. Now, we don't know whether he's gone dead or sent off to another dimension. Probably likely he's not dead uh, as it is baron mordo who survived for many many years at this stage but i do absolutely love the artwork here
0: yeah it is one of my favorite bits of artwork here uh, a, a, as well i think on, on the digital comic it's on page 18 mm-hmm. uh, and it's where his whole body gets consumed by flames and his face just gradually melts into flame, as does the text with magic comes at a price as he screams it. So, so good. I have to say as well that I think the the artwork of... Um, the souls, the, the the little fraction of soul uh, from Bats, Kanna and Doctor Strange being transfused into Casey is absolutely gorgeous as well. In fact, the whole page of that artwork is really good. But in particular, where um, the transfusion is taking place to awaken her back into reality mm-hmm. um, is just so uh gorgeous i really like that panel um and and on the digital comic that's page uh 15
1: so some really nice moments here uh in the artwork i know what you mean i love the light leaving their body as well it was like something out of the ulysses cartoon yeah Uh, definitely (laughs) i mean it had that like that interesting motion to it and you can tell exactly what's happening even before steven's telling them that he's going to take a piece of their soul But I also enjoy the moment where you hear Canna going, well, if it's to save Casey, yeah, I'm up for whatever it is you need, Stephen. Considering what she's just found out about him, I love that she still goes along with the plan because she's still on board she's still a good person she's still on the right side and knows steven's on the right side in this situation but i do like that she's still on board and still willing to do what needs to be done
0: yeah absolutely i i think that is one of the things here which when canna returned to a kind of what is she going to do Mm -hmm. and ultimately she proves to be this faithful companion and partner of Stephen strangers but i i love the little bit of humor as well that you know Stephen is forgiven by Casey. She understands. She didn't feel that he needs to apologize. Um, you know, she's banished Mordo to protect, I think, Canna. It seemed as though Mordo was firing at Canna, at Stephen Strange, after he'd returned from whichever realm he had been banished to. But she suddenly goes, I have an urge to bark. <laughs> Which is the bat's part of her soul starting to become dominant. So hopefully not too dominant. (laughs) Otherwise, lampposts will suddenly become very attractive (laughs) to her. But um, again, Casey leaves on her own accord to try and retrieve her own soul and vows to return. And again, I think that's some really nice artwork where she begins to fade out of reality in this realm. Uh, And almost like she goes into a a, a lot of different... um, Ribbons and it's really nicely done. Yeah, and um, so some of the artwork in this moment and um, in, in these few pages is just phenomenal for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. The artwork's really good in here. I also really enjoy that touch with Casey that she instantly forgives Stephen. It's really important here because she ended her life as a hero in Mark Wade's original run in The Doctor Is Out. She chose to give up her soul to save Stephen Strange. By having her as the villain in here, or even that moment where she possibly could have said to Stephen, I don't forgive you for making me lose my soul and for not finding me. If she'd said that, well, then that does kind of turn her into a villain. It does take away the sacrifice that she made. She's still standing over a sacrifice. She's still saying, I made the right choice, and you didn't do anything wrong by not finding me. I didn't expect you to. That wasn't the way I was making my decision. I was making my decision knowing the full consequences and that's what happened. You know, I think that's a really nice way that they've dealt with the Casey character here. Definitely.
0: Um, uh, You know, this is a really nice moment, I think, uh, for the character of Casey Kinmont. And uh, I think that, you know, she will return and I hope she does because Mm -hmm. again, even that, you know, she is so bound up with um, the new, People or the new powerful entity that is after Stephen Strange that she cannot share who is on uh, the
1: attack to Stephen to get him to pay that price. I think that's interesting as well, isn't it? She, she specifically says she's got spells on her where she yeah. can't actually say anything, but she shares enough information that Stephen knows a little bit more than he did in the past.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, he's never come across them before. Mm -hmm. They are very powerful and they are very, very angry about Stephen not paying. The price of magic mm-hmm. that is due on the basis of all his shenanigans in in space. Yeah. Shenanigans in space it's the new TV title. Shenanigans for in sh- space! <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it does kind of sound like the finance department of magic. Uh, it really does yeah exactly. I've had some run-ins with the finance department before. Uh, I totally understand that but yeah Casey's gone now for the moment that's her out of the picture but we get a kind of a, a post or an epilogue from our favourite companion for the last couple of issues for the last eight issues, Kana um, going on to our final incantation, incantation number five. Kana estranged and tells it like it is. Um, what a great moment here with Kana really laying it all out to Stephen, you know, kind of saying to him, I've been with you for so long now. I thought the two of us were companions. I thought the two of us were really friends and got to know each other really well. I've helped you shape your destiny, and you're still lying to me. And here's the reason why. It's a great moment. She just unloads everything on him. You know, this whole concept of, I know you didn't just wipe my mind to protect that you had the time stone and to protect the fact that you made a deal with me that you never were going to keep that bargain of. The real reason why you wiped my mind is because you wanted to create a secret that only you knew because that makes you feel powerful. It's such a visriolic statement. And to be honest, it's absolutely right. I know this from Stephen
0: Strange. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is so good. I absolutely thought it. It it's needed. Stephen Strange does need to be put in his place, um, and I think even Mordo doing it here. You know, Stephen Strange does not learn. He. I, and I, I think Kana sums it up really, really well that, you know, that little bit of ego that remains from when he was the neurosurgeon who only he knew some of the procedures that, um, he did and other people didn't. And that power that it gave him that he had that secret that no one else knew and he could leverage them with that or hold it over them mm-hmm. um you know that he knows something that that they don't and um, has effectively makes most of his companions make makes them feel stupid yeah and ultimately the consequence is that stephen strange is and will always be alone because he makes his friends, his partners, his companions, whatever you want to call them, feel stupid because he is still using and still has some of that ego that we think had left him inside of him and that ultimately um, pushes people away, alienates people. And I, I thought this was really, really, really good. And um, So, I mean, fur you know... Not many comics tear down their main protagonist uh, in multiple ways all the time. They are either the bee's knees, you know, the best thing since sliced bread, or they are, you know, just perfect. And I I think, um, you know, or in moments that they have these flaws, Stephen Strange always has them. And in some ways, he... He is a powerful entity, but he cannot overcome the the most human part of it, which yeah. is his ego.
1: Just I, tell the truth, Stephen. Yeah. That's kind of, kind and of,
0: and I, I thought that was superb. Yeah. And I, I thought it was great that Canna pulled it out. And I like the fact that, again, you know, this is where we see things playing out from earlier issues, where he has taken this executive decision mm-hmm. that... Only he feels he can make. He's not going to ask the other person. And, I mean, she says it to him. Uh, I would have probably agreed with you if you had had this conversation with me. But instead, you assume that I am not going to be able to have that rational conversation, that you are somehow better. I mean, it does smack of him as the neurosurgeon it really links into those thought processes that he had and how he behaved so yeah really good
1: absolutely absolutely and, and once again this is something that we do see quite regularly in the marvel comics comic books there's a couple of other characters very similar to dr strange we obviously have reed richards who's the scientific version of dr strange the one that thinks everything he does is right because well science told me so uh we have Stephen, who just believes that magic and his incredible privilege allow him to decide and determine what's going to happen. But you're absolutely right. I love this about Doctor Strange as a book, that it always tears down its main character. This is a huge moment, obviously, in the book. It did lead to a little bit of feedback over on our Facebook group. Uh, Rebecca simply said, I was right in this book. Uh, Ronaldo responded with, um, definitely her words must have stung for Stephen because they were so true, but good on her for telling him. No, oh, absolutely. You know? And yeah. it is interesting. All of us as readers and, and people who enjoy reading Doctor Strange i will count myself among them now. I'm really enjoying Doctor Strange. But um, all of us that read him know how flawed he is and kind of enjoy those stories where he gets torn down. We don't want to see him on a pedestal all the time. It kind of makes him a different character from the superheroes that we see, where you want to make them have a good day. Like with Spider-Man, you always want to make sure that he has a good day and that the people around him are happy. That doesn't always happen. You have to have problems of course for your characters but some days you just want to see Stephen Strange get slapped in the face and told don't make that decision and put everybody else in jeopardy or tell everybody else that they're wrong and you're right you know you kind of want to see that sometimes with Stephen.
0: Yeah most definitely most definitely Um, so a really good um, ending to this issue of Doctor Strange, issue number eight. And, mm-hmm. and of course, we, we get that sneak preview for the next issue, which is called Bleaker, And we have the shadow uh, falling across Stephen Strange in the sanctum, He's got his incantations to the ready in defence, but this shadow has a bowler hat and is carrying a briefcase. Yes, Dum so Dum Duggan is it, back it in really the universe, and he not. has been in accounts receivable. Um, <laughs> it's I love not Dum Dum Duggan,
1: yeah. but um, I don't know. I don't know why I'm thinking this. I have it in my head because I've read some of the earlier Strange Tales books this year. I read some of the ones back from uh, back from the sixties. And I have it in my head that at one point we had Wong in a bowler hat uh, in Bleecker Street before. And I'm wondering if this is this panel is just the return of Wong and something else is going on in the book. I'd love to see Wong back in time for the 400th issue. I'm it's sure nice. we're going to see some moments with him, but I'd love to see him back. That would be quite cool. Um, what do you think, John? Any, any ideas? Is this going to be our big bad arriving, I think? That might possibly be it as well. I think it's a big bad, and I think it's someone new. I mean, that's kind of
0: what Casey suggested. Mm -hmm. You know, Mordo and her didn't really seem to give anything away that it could be Wong. Plus, in Damnation, Wong kind of came back to be on Doctor Strange's side. And so maybe it would seem strange that that would happen. But nonetheless, it could also be that Wong is going, well, he's not learnt, has he? Um, He's still doing stuff where he thinks he is all-powerful, omnipotent, and can get away with anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And enough is enough. You know, he's already left him once um, in the recent past uh, of of comic issues, you know? So I think... uh,
1: I think it'd be interesting to see who it is, really. Yeah, I, I just thought he was returning to kind of join back up with Stephen uh, before this big bad arrives. But we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, when that book comes out next month. But overall, John, do you defend this issue of Doctor Strange? Issue number eight by Mark Wade and Javier Pina. I really do. I give this four and a half misrememberings out of five. Mm-hmm. This was
0: a really good issue of Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. It, it linked back through to the series so far um, in, in the comic books. Um, with the consequences for Kanna, the consequences, you know, back to um, the, the Doctor is Out, so, you know, the previous Mark Waid iteration. Yep. We have a great fight sequence in, in Tokyo between Mordo, Doctor Strange, and Casey. We have the um, rescue of Casey, um, the steadfastness of Kanna, and then her unleash on. Doctor Strange as well, plus the scintillating um, titillating uh, salivatingness that is who is this big bad with a bowler hat and a briefcase. Mm Mm-hmm it's her
1: majesty's revenue it's you know they have come to get payment or dum-dum-duggan the only other man with a bowler hat in the marvel universe (laughs) excellent now i really enjoyed it myself as well we actually do have a bit of feedback for this episode john ronaldo from into the night the moon Knight podcast sent us his thoughts on this issue
0: yes ronaldo says a thoroughly enjoyable issue although the art jumped from section to section the art during the battle between strange mordo and casey has a 90s vibe about it in a good way speaking of which i love I loved the fight. There were huge stakes and at the end of the issue, I was still thinking of the innocence lost in that building collapse at the hands or the eyes of Casey. Really enjoyed the relics. Casey had especially the crimson gem of Mm Satrak. Any allusion towards juggernaut is a winner for me. Complementing the action was also a great balance of drama between both Strange and Casey, as well as Strange and Canner. I was waiting for the time when Strange's deception over Canner would turn around and bite him in the bum. Canner departs, leaving plenty of things for Strange to think about if he hopes to become a better man. Highly enjoyable. Four gauntlets of Camulus out of five. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for the feedback there, Ronaldo. Yep, it's such a great... Um, fight sequence here plus those interactions with strange canna and casey and, and just the consequences that
1: flow from this ego driven sorcerer supreme yeah yeah and that's i like how you put it ronaldo if stephen strange wants to become a better man you know if he ever hopes to become a better man he has a few things to think about it's just the big if question that we always have with Stephen really (laughs) does he want to become a better man really because every time he gets the opportunity to be a more powerful man he takes that instead doesn't he yeah big time big (laughs) time
0: so yeah that's uh, all the feedback for this issue so thank you so much Ronaldo for your thoughts on um, issue 8 of Doctor Strange Mm -hmm. so if you want to send in any feedback please head on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Defenders TV podcast and you can leave your thoughts or comments on anything to do with Dr. Strange comics uh, that we're covering at the moment. You can mm-hmm. also send in feedback through email. Just go to feedback at DefendersTVPodcast.com. And of course, we have a voicemail section as well. So if you want to come on uh, the podcast and, and leave up to 90 seconds of your thoughts in feedback, please head on over to DefendersTVPodcast.com and click on the right-hand side tab uh, and leave up to 90 seconds of your thoughts uh, that would be great.
1: Absolutely. And a kind of a good news, bad news situation here. We've just finished up our Defenders TV coverage for 2018, as we've just finished our coverage of Daredevil and our 200th episode of Defenders TV podcast, where we've talked about every single Defenders show on Marvel, Netflix, and also Agent Carter in there for a while, which was awesome. Um, that was all released this week. Um, but the g- good news part of that, if we've finished all the TV stuff, guess what that means? Loads more comic books coming up. We've got loads and loads of great books that we're going to be covering over the next couple of weeks and months on Strange Tales on Defenders TV Podcast. Make sure you stay subscribed to either Defenders TV Podcast feed or, as I said, Strange Tales on Defenders TV Podcast. You can find that on Apple Podcasts or on Google Podcasts. And those will just be our comic book discussions. Yes, absolutely. And
0: just to give you a little highlight of what's to come, certainly with the Christmas season approaching, that time where we like to be nostalgic and think of things like the original team up in The Defenders. We have The Defenders, the best defense, a limited event in December. There are five issues in total in this series. The Immortal Hulk and Namor being out on the 5th of December, followed by Dr strange and silver surfer out on the 12th of december and then the finale of that series in a single issue defenders the best defense will be out on the 19th of december yeah just in time for santa claus to come in and sledge them to victory and so yes this will be our kind of christmas crackling our uh, 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 log fire our uh, mulled wine of comic podcasts where you can put your feet up with your new christmas jumper on with your tipple of choice mm-hmm. with granny snoring away in the background uh, and think nostalgically about the original lineup of the defenders of yeah. hulk namur the Silver Surfer, and of course, Doctor Strange.
1: Yeah, and the easy way to find them if you're looking for them digitally, uh, they're called Defenders, so you'll see it as Immortal Hulk Defenders, Namora Defenders, Doctor Strange Defenders, and Silver Surfer Defenders. And then you'll see Defenders, the best defense. Those will be the five issues that we cover in the series. Most likely, we're going to record a podcast about each one of them, probably two issues per podcast, so we'll probably do Immortal Hulk and uh, Namor in one podcast and then the other two, the next podcast and then the finale in a final podcast uh, over the course of the month. Not exactly sure how we're going to cover it, but that's roughly how I think we'll do it, Uh, so we keep them separated into their five issues. Um, But we have other stuff. Chris, our co-host from Defenders TV Podcast, will hopefully be making his debut on Strange Tales with the Spider-Man event of this year, Spider-Geddon. It's a five-issue limited series as well. The first four are already out and the finale arrives exactly the same day as the defenders finale arrives on the 19th of december so that probably means that we'll be talking about this series early in the new year with all three of us myself chris and john while we take a little bit of a break over christmas we don't want to give you everything in one day uh, and have nothing for the rest of the year so we'll probably do spider geddon as our next event at the start of january yes and of course because chris is a huge spider-man fan and of course
0: Spider-Man being co-created by Steve Ditko, who also was involved with Doctor Strange. There's the link. We are also hoping to do some more Spider-Man coverage with the review of Into the Spider-Verse, the new animated movie from Sony featuring
1: Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. Yes, really looking forward to that. It's actually looking really cool. Uh, That's out on the 5th of December as well, along with almost everything else that's coming out. Everything starts on the 5th of December. Guess what else is out on the 5th of December, John? Is that issue
0: number nine of Doctor Strange entitled yep. Bleaker? Yes, it really, really is on the 5th of December. So we will be comic book podcasting to the max in the run-up to Christmas. Yes. yes. And beyond, of course. Into the new year. From nostalgia into the future, as it were. Uh, you know, we will be back um, for that issue number nine of Doctor Strange. And we'll be back with some neighbourhood nefariousness that will be taking place Uh, around Bleecker Street, and around the Sanctum Mm Sanctorum. And again, yes, it's
1: our final issue before the 400th issue of Doctor Strange. Yes, yeah, really looking forward to it, really been enjoying this discussion about Doctor Strange, this ongoing discussion about Doctor Strange. Make sure you stay subscribed, and hopefully we'll hear some feedback from you soon as well. Thanks so much for joining us, we'll talk to you again next time.
0: Yeah, as always, fellow Defenders and the Supremes, it is a pleasure speaking with you. I'm off out back because I feel the need to bark. (laughs) Woof, woof, fellow Defenders. Uh, And then we'll be back with you soon to speak about all things nefarious. Bye.